I'm Elise Liffring. And I'm George Sluffo. And welcome to the third season of The Current Podcast. The Current is your deep dive into the future of TV, media, and data-driven marketing, all explained in plain English. We talk to the biggest names in digital marketing. And in this episode, we sit down with Marcy Rabel, Vice President of Integrated Marketing at Campbell Soup Company. Marcy is helping steer the 150-year-old legacy brand toward a data-driven approach to meet today's contemporary consumer. You guys are such an iconic brand. I mean, mm-mm, good. A lot of people associate that with your brand. But one of the things I was wondering is, just like, what is one of the biggest marketing challenges in upkeeping and involving that type of legacy? How do you infuse the brand's DNA into today's approach, which is so digital? Yeah, I love this question because we talk about it all the time as a team. And I think there are a few challenges when you are such an iconic brand. So you are ingrained in people's memory. And what we want to make sure with those people, right, that they're not just thinking about us the way that they've always kind of used us or ate us as a child, but really how are we evolving with them as their lifestyle has changed. And then for those who don't have those entrenched memories, how are we going to become relevant to them, right? And so it's always harder when you're trying to change a perception than when you're trying to create something new. So I think we deal with both sides of that equation. And so when we're thinking about it, we're really thinking about the consumer. Where are they? What do we have to do? What's that consumer insight, that consumer understanding? But equal to that is the authenticity of the brand, because I think we really have to know our brand. It's really easy to just go, we want to change. We're going to be whatever, you know, is happening today. And to me, that just doesn't work. We have to be authentically Campbell. It's understanding who we are as a brand, but then doing it with a modern twist that is really the difference. So we think about it as the three-legged stool, the brand truth, the consumer insight or consumer understanding, and then that pulse of culture, which gives us the modern twist. And hopefully you see that coming through in how we go to market, but it's really that three-legged stool that we try to evaluate everything against. That's so fascinating. A lot of what you just said resonates with me because it's like who you guys are as a brand. That hasn't changed, you know, since you guys were first. Your products and everything like that may change, but your mission and, and your identity doesn't change. One of the things I'm also wondering about is, you know, you guys sell the goldfish, little crackers, which I'm a huge fan of. You sell the Cape Cod chips, which I'm also a fan of, and obviously soup. But how does consumer data play a role into that? What exactly are you guys doing with consumer data? Can you tell us a little bit about your approach? Yeah, and I have to say, so working for a CPG company is very different than you work when working for companies that are direct to consumer. And that was a big shift for me when I switched industries coming from telecom and finance into CPG. I long for the days when I had robust first party data and I didn't even realize how easy I had it. So for us, we really have to think about that business strategy. We are not D2C. We don't own the end consumer relationship, but consumer data is still critically important, right? Right message, right audience, right time. And so we have to think about our strategy as a balance of first party, second party, and third party data. What's that equation that we're going to be looking for? And then how do you marry that with what's happening from a privacy perspective? So flexibility is key for us. I think the second thing is making sure we have a data strategy. It's really easy to just try to ask for a lot of data, get more data, 
but having the strategy for what data do you need and how are you going about it is critically important. Otherwise you can get paralyzed. And the third thing that we really think about is the performance. And so as we think about the data, really understanding how that pulls through to performance becomes critically important because not all data is created equal. And so that we're really making sure we're testing and learning as we go so we can understand where the better sources are. Yeah, you know, and on that point, retail media is a grown category. And recently we saw the news of how like you tested like free samples via Instacart. Can you tell us a little bit about how Campbell Soup Company thinks about retail media and how it is merging e-commerce and shopper marketing strategies and blending that like direct to consumer experience a little bit with your iconic brand. Sure. And I think retail media has been out there for a while, um, but clearly over the course of the pandemic has become much more front and center. But I think the key thing to think about is retail media to me is almost like saying digital. It's so many different pieces that when you actually say the word itself, it doesn't actually mean a lot. And so what we try to do first and foremost is break it apart. You know, are we talking about search? Are we talking about placements on platform? Or are we talking about using the data off platform? And really understanding what those different elements are and the way we can use those different elements is critically important. Then it sets, okay, what's the objective that we're trying to achieve and what can that bring to the plan? So I think that's really how we think about it. And it is about not separating it out any longer. So, you know, I think before there used to be a consumer journey and a shopper journey, and now it's just one consumer journey. You know, shopability used to just be at the end of the journey. Shopability is now across the whole journey. And so for us, how do we actually break down those silos and really build plans that are to deliver to the consumer versus, you know, maybe organizationally how we're structured and how we need to work more efficiently But we work in a very integrated fashion with our e-commerce and shopper teams and really try to look at that one plan versus, you know, the old way of separate and siloed. And given the new capabilities and valuable shopper data, do you believe retail media will be as big as search and social in the near future? I think it's all just being blended. Retail clearly has search capabilities Retailers have social. I can also use retailer data to pull through to other media. So now there are so many different ways to use the data and so many different ways to buy that it really is about testing and learning, right? Kind of going back to that point about data and not just having more data, but understanding what the performance is of that data. I think that just pulls through to media more broadly, making sure you really understand where you are, where you're trying to get to, and then having a really clear learning agenda so that you're moving the needle forward and you're getting smarter as you go versus just more. I'm sure as you heard, like the rest of the marketing world, Netflix is quite open to uh, offering advertising on its platform. When you heard that news as as a marketer and, and someone who handles quite a bit of media for Campbell's, what was your reaction? Like, what are your thoughts there? So my first reaction was at last. You know, I think we've all been waiting for it, right? And when you look at just streaming services in general and the large portion of it that is non-ad supported, but that's where a tremendous amount of viewing happens. It's always been this push and pull as you think about your mix. So I think it's a great opportunity for us. 
I think the key thing for Netflix and for brands is to really make sure the user experience is a positive one. So as viewers, there's a way that we're used to viewing, you know, our Netflix content. And so how do they really step into it and make it not a negative for consumers who are viewing their content? And so I think that's the watch out as we go through it and as we're developing programs with them, really making sure that we're being thoughtful about that user experience as a part of it. And not just, it's not just about, you know, impressions and GRPs and and writing checks, but it is about creating the positive viewer experience. As a marketer, like what sort of innovations would you like to see with streaming? I mean, there's, there's so many more capabilities that it has than linear. What's something that you would like to see? Yeah. I think it's always easier to say what I don't want to see than what I want to see. What doesn't resonate with me is insert ad here, right? Where it's a generic off the shelf and, you know, could be sold to anyone. Any brand can go in it. Here's your shape. Put your ad in it. I think what I would love is that understanding of the audience, that understanding of the content. And then how do you actually create and integrate brand messaging natively into it. And when I say native, I don't mean, you know, product placement, but I think there are ways to do it where you can break to messages. And this is from my past. It's a program that I actually worked on when I was at Bank of America with the History Channel. And it was for a special that they were having called America, the story of us. And we actually worked with their script writers. So we knew where the story was going to break when there were commercial breaks. And we use those storylines to actually create our messaging. And so when you actually looked at the performance, those ad breaks saw no drop in ratings. And so that's really where I think you get to great. And so I think as you think about streaming platforms where people are used to no ads, doing it in a way that actually makes it feel organic. Or if you use even like magazines, not a trending media, but if you look at like how ads in Vogue appear, where the fashion ads are so interwoven and interconnected with the content that they're seen as part of the content, they're not seen as separate. And I think that just creates the really positive and enriched experience. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about your guys' investment into CTV at this time. Because last year, the Wall Street Journal reported that Campbell Soup Company was expected to increase its investments in streaming programming this year. Can you tell us a little bit about that approach and how maybe you've shifted budgets around or anything about that? I think if you go back to that line that I used earlier of the word digital and digital not really meaning anything... I think I started trying to blow up the word digital in like 2010. And so what we've done for for many years now is think first about what the format of choice is. So who's the audience we're going after and what's the format of choice? If it's video, then, okay, what's the screen prioritization? And then what's the delivery of that content? And so really trying to think from a consumer perspective How do we build out our plans? And that'll look very different, right? The audience for condensed and how that path flows will look very different than the audience for V8, as an example. And I think because we have taken that approach, CTV kind of as being thought of as separate and standalone was never how we thought of it because it was always thinking of it more in that path, starting with the consumer. So when CTV started becoming hot, right, was as the lockdown happened and, and viewing went up, 
for us, there were no big shifts in how we were building our plans or how we were thinking about it because we didn't just look at what did we do last year, plus or minus. It was really always starting with that prioritization from the consumer perspective. You guys have also been experimenting with some other new channels. For instance, last summer, we saw the brand partner with artist Sophia Chang to commemorate the rebrand of your soup label with NFTs, um, donating proceeds to Feed America. Can you tell us a little bit about this project and how, how it's been working for you guys? This one was a very fun one to work on. And I think unexpected, you know, I think whenever there's something new, it gets a lot of buzz, but we don't always lean into it because it isn't about chasing the bright and shiny thing. As I said before, it really is about that brand authenticity and showing up in a way that's, that's meaningful and is going to be additive to the experience. We'd been watching NFTs for a while. Clearly they were gaining speed, uh, I would say, you know, as it relates to getting buzz and how consumers were engaging with them, but also how brands were starting to move in. So we were doing a lot of watching, right? Kind of that monitoring and seeing what was happening. What we also saw happening was how art was really um, kind of leaning into that platform and really taking off, right? Kind of a modern art gallery, so to speak. And so as we were watching that, what also came into our journey was the redesign of our label for just modernity and, you know, really showing up on shelf in a modern way. As we were working through that, and when you talk about the Campbell label, art starts becoming a part of that conversation just because of the history and the iconic nature of the can. And that's where the two ideas started colliding. We've got this redesign of our label. Our label has such a connectivity to art. You have NFTs happening where art is actually a key part of the equation. And what we also noticed was consumers were already bringing our brand organically into the NFT space. So that was the third piece that just said, okay, there's something here in this equation. And as we were putting it together, working closely with our publicist team, really making sure that we understood the space, you know, what did success look like? How do we do it well? And how do we stay true to who we are and our intent? And Networked was the partner that we went with, identifying Sophia Chang, who we thought was just a great fit. She was a self-proclaimed Campbell kid, which was really important to us, that it had to be someone who had a connection to our brand. So those pieces all fell into place, but we weren't doing it to, um, you know, make money from the sale. And that's where just Feeding America became a natural addition to just make sure that it really pulled through again in a way that was organic to Campbell and that the money actually went back to help others. It was a great learning experience for us and hopefully brought a lot of fun, you know, to the marketplace, just seeing Campbell's label in a really different way. That's so fascinating. And, you know, obviously in 1962, Warhol debuted his painting of, of the Campbell's can and you guys entered pop culture history forever. I'm, I'm trying to think about this on, on your end, which is you obviously have this very uh, celebrated and iconic brand and you're entering this wildly new space. And, you know, to me, it's just like that that sounds terrifying, but it also sounds very, you know, exciting at the same time. What was something that you learned as you took this iconic brand and brought it, you know, into the NFT space, I guess? And can you give our listeners also an idea of, you know, what the response was when you guys you know, obviously enter the space. I think the the key thing, which was probably the first aha was, okay, what's success? 
you know, because I think when we think about success, it's a lot of how many people did I reach and, you know, more of more of those traditional ways to think about success. And so as we were working through it with the team, it really was with NFT, what's your sellout time? A, that you make sure, is this something that we think will sell out and how quickly will it sell out? And I think that was just like, you know, of course, when new media comes in, you're always learning about, okay, what's my, you know, what's my KPI going to be? What's my objective? And I think that pivot to like, oh, now we have to think about selling out, right? And so it was a different way for us to think about the success metric. I'm glad to say that we did sell out. So that was a positive. And so that was what we were watching, right? How fast were things moving and how quickly it was happening? We had two pieces of it. So we had static and dynamic. I think that was the other piece of learning was just really making sure that you're thoughtful about the elements that you're bringing forward, who are the different audiences for it. And then a key thing was understanding that we could only control the first step because there's the whole resale that happens. And so while the resale really starts to identify, is this catching on? You can't control any of that. So that's the other part of it is that you're, your success metrics have a phase two that you have no control over. So I think there were some key learnings. And then, you know, for us, as we go forward, we also have some things that we would do differently. And I think as NFTs evolve, right, how do you start thinking about it less as that point in time and more of that community build? Are there any other like emergent media or digital channels you're currently excited about or experimenting with any like projects on the horizon you can tell us about? Yeah. I mean, with NFTs, I think it is like really thinking through community. What does that look like? What does that mean? On metaverse, I think what we're really trying to think about is where do we test and learn and where are the, back to that authenticity, like where are those first places that you go that you can start testing and learning? It's making sure on both of those though, that we're holding ourselves accountable to it's not just doing it because you can do it. And it's really being thoughtful about it and having a very clear objective. The other thing for me, and this is a little more like closer to home, more pragmatic. So it's not about it's new and bright and shiny, but it is just about this whole idea of shopability. And I think when you look at consumer journeys and just how the entire journey is now shoppable, particularly for food that is very new. And so really thinking through how we go to market. And that's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next week we will talk to David Cohen, CEO of the Interactive Advertising Bureau, who talks about everything from the popularity of podcasts to CTV and the future of the upfronts. We think that today's industry challenges require collaboration at the board table, not us versus them, not buyer versus seller, but all of us rolling up our sleeves to figure out how are we going to progress the industry forward. The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Loving Caliber. The Trade Desk team includes Cassie Crosby, Yvonne Sikic, Kat Vesey, Melinda Zurich, and Christine Gallagher. And remember, performance becomes critically important because not all data is created equal. I'm George. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you next week.